memorial service for civil rights hero John Lewis is going on right now, and I do not throw around the term hero loosely, as you probably know if you listen to this show. But he is a civil rights hero. I mean, he was the real friggin' deal. Beyond question. Uh, as a young man. But anyway, it's it's uh, the heavyweights are there. Clinton, Bush, and Obama are all going to speak. <laughs> I look at what he did in his 20s compared to what I did in my 20s, <laughs> and I just don't know if I can keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he, uh, you got Clinton, Bush, and Obama speaking, which, you know, that's, that's a heavyweight lineup. Trump isn't going to be there. Um, Trump did not go to view the body there lying in state. And uh, I don't know how I feel about this. On one hand, you could be the bigger man. On, on, on another hand, you might think it's the smartest thing to do PR-wise. On the other hand, John Lewis continually recall, called him an illegitimate president because Russia got him elected. And, Which is ridiculous. And did not attend the inauguration because he said he's not a legitimately elected president. Right. And continued with that line <laughs> of talk, even through all of the investigations showing that that's not the way it worked. Yeah. But uh, he stuck with the he's not actually president. It's because of Russia thing clear to the end. So, yeah. Well, but Trump, you could still be the bigger man and go Ooh, to to pay your respects in the Capitol. Yes. Yeah, not I, to the funeral. Well, I don't I doubt he was invited to speak. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's way easier to be an ex-president than the current president for this sort of stuff. It's probably worth pointing out that in you know days gone by when Trump absolutely would have gone to uh, at least tip his cap there in the Capitol, symbolically, um, that the sort of rhetoric that's flying around right now did, never flew around. Right. So, you know, the, the political enemies could be a little more uh, conciliatory at moments like this because... The other guy hadn't called him a Russian stooge for two and a half years. Right. Yeah, so. Oh, speaking of communists. Uh, Mike Pompeo, he's the Secretary of State right now, and he is giving a speech about uh, China, and here's just a little bit of it. Oh, here it is. <clears throat> we see the Chinese Communist Party also for what it is, the central threat of our times. Our vigorous diplomacy has helped lead an international awakening to the threat of the CCP. Senators, the tide's turning. 30-plus countries and territories have become 5G clean countries, banning untrusted vendors from their networks. When we talked about this some year ago, the number was in the single digits. In our hemisphere, Canada has stood firm against the Chinese Communist Party's hostage-taking. Its three major telecom carriers have also banned untrusted vendors. Okay, and he goes on for quite some time, uh, laundry listing all the things, but I really like that first part about we have led the awakening to the threat of the, the next century. That's, you know, that's pretty good stuff, and it's absolutely true. It's amazing that it's taken this long for us to wake up to this. China's got to be thinking, uh, we assumed you'd catch on sooner or later. Really really thought you'd catch on back in the 90s, but uh, whatever. <laughs> We've been at war with you for a long time, so nothing's changing on our end. Um, i got to read this from the book, The 100-Year Marathon, which I'm going to read. This is written by a guy who's involved in Chinese policy going clear back to the late 60s. He was involved in the, quote, opening up of China, which we now know, according to him, was was their doing, not ours. Right. Uh, they, they wanted to, us. They, they wanted to get close to us so they could get our money, uh, military help, and everything else so that they grow, could grow and then eventually replace us. So they How? decided... Tell them anything they want to hear. This anything. is this is not a wonky story, I don't think. I think you'll find this amusing and angering, but it's pretty interesting. This happened November 30th, 2012, 
in front of the Smithsonian on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., 2012. The audience stood bundled against the cold in their overcoats as Secretary of State Hillary Clinton held aloft a gold medal. The Smithsonian's honored guest that day was the famed Chinese artist Kai, C-A-I. Do you have any idea idea how you'd pronounce that? Don't know his over. I'm going to go with Kai. Um, who had been feted the night before to Tony Gala inside the Sackler Gallery of the Smithsonian's National Museum of Art. Uh, Some 400 guests, among them the House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi, Princess Michael of Kent, blah, blah, blah. Everybody who was anybody. Princess who? What now? (laughs) Everybody who was anybody was at this party for Kai, the Chinese artist, there in D.C. And the next day, the next day he's there and Hillary Clinton's got this gold medal she's going to give to him. Um. And a reset button. Uh, Clinking glasses at the celebration to the Chinese-American relationship, blah, blah, blah. Everybody there just to catch a glimpse of Kai, who had won international acclaim for his awe-aspiring fireworks display during the opening ceremony of the Beijing Olympics in 2008. That was amazing. We all remember that. It was freaking amazing. He's the guy that was behind that. All right. I'd clink a glass to him myself. Kai was known to celebrate Chinese symbols with performance art, etc., 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 uh, the following day there, uh, Hillary's got the medal and Kai is introduced and he's dressed in, uh, in Western clothes and, um, he, he walks out and he looks out upon the mall and the subject of his latest piece of performance art is a four story, four story tall Christmas tree, 40 foot Christmas tree decorated with 2000 explosive devices. As, <laughs> as Kai twisted a handheld trigger, his audience watched the tree explode before their eyes with thick black smoke emerging from the branches. I'm sure this is on YouTube if you want to see it. Yeah. Kai twisted the trigger again, and the tree exploded a second time, then a third. The five-minute display sent pine needles across the vast lawn in all directions and dense black smoke, symbolizing China's invention of gunpowder, billowing up the facade of the Smithsonian's iconic red sandstone castle. It would take two months to clean up the debris and residue left by the explosion. (laughs) Now says this guy right in the book, um, uh, who's been following Chinese relations all these years, I don't know if any of the guests contemplated why they were watching a Chinese artist blow up a symbol of the Christian faith in the middle of the nation's capital less than a month before Christmas. In that moment, I'm not sure even I appreciated the subversion of that gesture. I clapped along with the rest of the crowd. This guy might be the most honest man on the planet. He is calling his life's work a failure and a fraud. And that he's just caught on to it, more or less. Yeah. And, well, and God bless him, he wants us to hear about it. Secretary Clinton's Clinton's aide waved the gold medal for the press corps to see as Kai smiled modestly. He had just been given the State Department's Medal of Arts, the first of its kind, which was presented to the artist by Clinton herself, along with $250,000 courtesy of the American taxpayer for some reason. Oh! The medal was awarded... Hillary said, for the artist's contributions to the advancement of understanding and diplomacy. Kai seemed to agree with all the sentiment. All artists are like diplomats, he said. Sometimes art can do things that politics cannot. I was a little suspicious and mentioned Kai the next day during a secret meeting with a senior Chinese government defector who was incredulous of the ward and the explosion, who then explained how Kai is a hero back in China as a artist who goes around destroying Western civilization. And he did it right in front of our intelligentsia, and they applauded him for it. Our biggest political figures, our biggest public figures, 
He blew up a symbol of Christianity on the mall in front of everybody a month before Christmas, and nobody caught on to what he was doing. They knew what was going on back in China, said this particular Chinese defector. Good Lord. He remains and is arguably the most popular artist in the entire country, particularly with nationalists who applaud him for blowing up Western symbols before a Western audience all over the world. Isn't that freaking amazing? That's how blind we were to what they've been up to for decades. Right. And they could do it right in front of our faces. There's example of example, uh, example after example of that, where we have certain cultural norms in the U.S., particularly Judeo-Christian, uh, often Protestant cultural norms of of trust and openness and and the rest of it, which is why so many tourists get fleeced in foreign lands, where it's, for instance, not considered immoral at all to be dishonest in business. It's on the other guy to figure it out. Everybody lies. Everybody jacks up prices, the rest of it. And so Americans get fleeced over and over again. And the fact that we go into international relations without understanding the other culture, and there are great recent examples. One of the best books I've ever read about uh, this is Our Intentions Were Good, which was written about by a diplomat who was sent to Iraq post-invasion. Um, or you could look at some of our grotesque, idiotic misunderstandings of Afghan culture when we went in there. Um, it just... God, we are often such a naive people. But this is 2020. That's as recently as 2012. Our Secretary of State gave a gold medal to a guy instead of saying, hey, you son of a bitch, you just, you atheist stealing, enslaving son of a bitch. You just blew up a Christmas tree a month before Christmas. I'm going to throw you in freaking jail. No, we gave him a gold medal and a check for $250,000 of taxpayer money for some reason. Wow. That's... Thanks for taking my money. I don't know words strong enough to to explain how galling that is. Well, that's what this that's what this author is basically saying. How did we not? How did I not? He's right. saying I stood there and clapped with everybody else. Yay! A symbol of relationship between. It was a symbol of the relationship between China and the United States. Yeah, we're going to kill you. Yeah, we're here's here. our relationship. I kill you. We're here to destroy everything you care about. And the fact that that's this guy's gig. That's what he does. And we did his blow up symbols of the West. And we were just so certain. I mean, it, we're kind of like Trump in that we just feel we can overwhelm people with our money and personality right. and get things the way we want them. Yeah. As a country, yeah. we're that way. We'll just be, we're so huge and so big and so good. We'll just overwhelm China and ignore all this other stuff and they'll look, come along to our belief. And one more factor I think is at work, which we've discussed uh, several times through the years, is particularly on the left, the xenophilia they have. The the overwhelming desire to embrace the foreign and show their sophistication by saying how wonderful it is. And often that goes hand in hand with uh, talking about how terrible America is. That is a great way to get cachet on the university campuses and in the cocktail parties of the Beltway in Manhattan. So you have all those things coming together and they lick the boots of this communist who hates America. How disgusting is that? <laughs> and China, and you know he couldn't do this without the approval of the Chinese government. Of course, of course. not. But so the Chinese government doesn't even think, no, 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 no. Let's not make it too obvious here. Let's back off. We're trying to play him. They, they, they didn't even have to worry about that. No, they were just seeing how far they could push it. That's amazing. It's incredibly gone. I know. And that's what Mike Pompeo is talking about in front of the Senate right now. 
Yeah. And he's laundry listing all the countries that are on board with us and the great awakening to the threat of China. But well, what's the least... over under for the number of Democrats who will call him a racist? <sighs> Probably three. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to watch that throughout the day. Yeah. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. understand that things happen, but there has to be some type of responsibility. My husband was eating his fettuccine Alfredo and he took a bite and he thought it was hard chicken or some overcooked, you know, cheese. Come to find out it was a latex glove that had been melted into the food. My husband's diabetic and high risk immediately. It's like this pit in the bottom of your stomach. All right, you don't need to be diabetic or high risk, whatever that means. Uh, I think to... she's uh, she's implying that he might have gotten the vid from the glove. Oh, okay. I was thinking diabetes isn't affected by le- eating latex. <laughs> there <laughs> no. probably there probably isn't a lot of uh, you know medical literature on eating latex. Well, I'm perfectly healthy, and I don't want to eat a glove. <laughs> not, <laughs> certainly not one that's been worn by some yahoo. Well, you have to assume they were wearing the glove to protect themselves from various stuff that is on the glove. And it's in your food. (laughs) Although it was cooked. Yeah. That's funny. Old Doc Fauci says we ought to be working. Is that a cheesecake factory? Yeah. Okay. We have our favorite cheesecake factory (laughs) clip. Didn't we say that's the clip of the year? Probably. Was that the clip of the year? I thought that was the clip of the year. It might have been the clip of the year. Yeah, we got to keep around the clip of the year. Last show of the uh, year we do before we go on Christmas vacation, we do clips of the year. It's uh, it's it's ninety percent just news clips, uh, and it's it's one of my favorite things uh, in my life. I love the clips of the year show every year. But anyway, do we have that? Did you find yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, shut up, computer! Hold on. Eh, pop ups. All right, now here I found it this time. Sounds like from your experience, you see someone actually walking away with a cheesecake there after the cheesecake factory was looted. Unclear where they may have gotten that. Oh, it still delights. What if you steal a cheesecake and it's got a rubber glove in it? <laughs> then be disappointing. trigger your diabetes or something. <laughs> Old Doc Fauci says uh, you might want to wear goggles or an eye shield for better protection against the vid. I think the... Crawl the sh- right up in your eyeballs. I like the shield look. I think that's cool. Places where they have the plastic shield. I'd go with that. Can I wear a hockey helmet with the shield? And then I got the mask on. Sure, if you want. It'd look kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, nobody's stopping you from... <laughs> go around dropping your gloves in front of people. Come on! <laughs> I think you can uh, don whatever headwear you like. This is America. I, I should get a hockey helmet with a, a face shield, though. Cause obviously, because you get your, your, your mucous membranes there in your eyeball, so... The vids is likely to crawl up in there as it is your uh, your nose or your your windpipe. Ah, uh, so that's what that's about protecting your eyes yeah. from the. Yeah, okay. Yeah, in case somebody coughs in your face, I'm not going to do that. It seems a little hyper cautious since I'm rarely amongst uh, human beings who are coughing, yeah. or what have you, but uh, or speaking moistly on each other. Uh, but thank you, Doc Fauci, for that uh, 
Not everyone uh, uh, responded favorably on social media, according to this article. Oh, really? <laughs> Has there ever been a less necessary sentence yeah. <laughs> spoken in the history of the English tongue? Not everyone, rem- not responded, everyone favorably. responded favorably on social media. <laughs> to this puppy. <laughs> to this six-year-old girl dancing. Yeah. <laughs> to an 85-year-old woman singing a song at her husband's funeral. You raped my ears with that song. You suck. God, unplug the internet. Um, some remarked the next step would be asthmat suits or living inside a bubble. Okay. All nah, right. You know, I I want to get back to a just one or two more quotes from this article that Jack Schaefer wrote in Politico about Joe Biden. I probably don't have um, time right now. Neither is Joe Biden. Oh, boy. Uh, The feds have reached a compromise with uh, the great state of Oregon and the great city of Portland to withdraw some of their federal uh, police, maybe, depending on how well the protection of the courthouse goes. We could talk a little bit more about that. The numbers are out today. The economy shrunk by 8% for the quarter, which is the biggest drop ever. I'm sorry, ever? Ever. Hmm. That's funny because it looked fine to me. Oh, that's right. No, half the businesses in my town are closed. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's terrible, and which is why we need to rebalance the, uh, the reaction of the vid. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There was contact made. It was accidental, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, it was that was definitely not something that I was uh, thinking of. What really enraged everybody is when, you know, he told Carlos. I mean, he struck him out. He told him nice swing. See, what are you, what are you supposed to do then? And then what upset me is that the umpires warned us. Why don't you warn him? You know, he's the one throwing the throwing the ball, and the, you know, he's the one that started this this mess in the first place. So first you heard from the pitcher who uh, threw out Astro players, quite obviously, and said, I, 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 I wasn't on purpose, I suppose. It was accidental uh, or something. I love that, I suppose. I suppose. Oh, that's great. You suppose? You threw it! And then I didn't really... You don't have to suppose. This is new to me that he gave the frowny face to him as he walked back to the dugout. So, so as he struck him out, he said, nice swing, B. And uh, and, which, and then the players started started walking towards him, and he gave him like the he shoved out his lower lip, doing a little pouty face, like why don't you cry about it? And then you know kept John or whatever. So this is all based on the fact that the Houston Astros cheated to win a World Series, and, uh, cheated against the Dodgers to win that World yeah, Series, which yes. cost them all. Well, one, the greatest joy of their their since they were six years old and started playing baseball, mm-hmm. winning a World Series, and all the money and acclaim that goes with it, right. And uh, that's why I still think, and I, I guarantee you this is true, the Astros all, if they're going to be honest, would say, I'd do it again. If this is the outcome, I, I'm, I'm in. I'd the do it all again. occasional sarcastic comment from a sportscaster or whatever. Yeah, yeah fine. Yeah, Some fine. drop in the bucket, fine. Right. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, yeah. You want to see my World Series ring? Sarcastic comment, you know, the first couple of games, you get thrown out a couple of times, and after that, it'll just be back to normal. I suppose. I suppose. I, suppose. <laughs> I threw it his head, I suppose. Uh, give us a clip number one again. We played this earlier. Strike three call. 
Perhaps guessing something else. Two out. Guessing's harder than knowing. Mm. Guessing's harder than knowing. <laughs> Says probably one of the Dodgers announcers. Yeah. 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 Uh, you, you don't have somebody stealing the signs and banging on a trash can this year. It makes it harder, doesn't it, there, Skippy? I wonder how much enjoyment. Nice swing, biatch. <laughs> I was I was super into that Astros team. Yeah, I know. that was so fun. Well, but one of the reasons it was so exciting and all the amazing comebacks was they were cheating. I mean, that's how you that's how you pull that off, but, right? Um, and just you know, so many cool characters on that team that turned out to be cheaters. I wonder how they feel. Do they? <laughs> My guess would be fine. I mean, before they got caught, did, did they get the full I won? That you get as you know when you're when you're competing against something. Well, the human was capacity to, to rationalize is uh, nearly endless, and uh, they're probably thinking everybody's trying to steal signs, everybody's looking for an edge. So are we? We're we're better at it than you are. Plus, I don't know, uh, Jack. I've spent m- more time in sportsy locker rooms than you have. Uh, there are some athletes who are. Uh, Full of, uh, you know, philosophical thoughts and self-reflection. Yeah. A lot of introspection looking yeah. inward. Yeah, but, but I suppose there are more who are not. <laughs> more who are just going through their Instagram DMs, now a World Series champion. Right. Uh, Joe Jock, you have a World Series ring that some would suggest is tainted by the uh, cheating scandal. Does that lower your, your pride, your satisfaction? Huh? You're making way more money than you used to make. You can't keep up with all the women throwing themselves at you. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I throw hard, run fast. Yeah, I'm sorry, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. It was uh, unintentional, I suppose. <laughs> Made some contact or something, I guess. I don't know. I, was, I suppose. I, I wasn't there. Oh, I was there. All right. All right. That's fine. That's, That's awesome. Fine. Yeah. So, uh, boy, we talked about this at length earlier in the show and really hammered it. Um, and I don't, frankly, you know what, honestly, and I'm sorry. If I'm a Marlin, I just cough in their faces. That's <laughs> oh, what I do. Oh, many. <coughs> oh, sorry <No>. about that. <coughs> oh, oh, not good. <laughs> Are they letting the uh, Marlins play? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I think it was like a week off or whole something like week that. off. Yeah. And then when they come back, it's going to be almost entirely new players. Oh, boy. Huh. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about this earlier, and I hate to cheat you folks who listen to the uh, the fourth hour of the show, the award-winning fourth hour of the show, but we got super fired up about this earlier, and I just, I'm not sure I have it in me again. But the feds in Portland and Seattle, actually, uh, have, have come to something close to a, an understanding of when federal officers will be protecting, for instance, the federal courthouse in Portland, and when they won't. And the the just unspeakably unwise, ideological, dip-ass uh, politicians of Oregon are, are, are making their speeches about how they, we spanked the feds and sent them home. Well, yeah, the feds said, look, you have to protect the federal courthouse, or we will. Which do you want? And the old Kate Brown and the unspeakably dopey Ted Wheeler of Portland said, well, okay, well, we'll have the Oregon State Police do it. So can you withdraw the federal people? And the Fed said, yes, if you promise you'll protect the courthouse. They said, yes. And then they announced to their brave followers, we have sent the evil invaders home who are who are exacerbating the problems and adding fuel to the fires that our supporters said. Um, mm-hmm. And so we'll have to see how it works out. I actually haven't heard 
what happened in the wee hours overnight in Portland? If uh, to what extent that you know that diminished the the violence or whatever? Of course, it's it's early days. They have to get everybody in position and 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 organized and the rest of it. But we'll see the anti antifa types and your your anarchists and the militants, those who would use political violence. Um, they are still going to be at it. They don't give a damn. It's not about the presence of the feds or or George Floyd or anything else. They want to overthrow the government. Oh, you know what? That's funny. I never got to this thought. I, I It's like the first thing we mentioned at the beginning of the show today. Karen Bass. Not to be uh, confused with, uh, what's her name? Carol Baskin. Right. I just saw a Tiger King headline up on TMZ. Tiger King zookeeper Eric Cowie gets new teeth. Aww. Which one is he? See the one of the husbands that had the bad teeth. I thought he already got new teeth. Maybe yeah, he got he new new teeth, even no, better teeth. The, the husband that was John. He got new chiclets as he sat there sur- uh, shirtless and uh, right. no, that's right. Some of the follow up interviews. Yeah, he got teeth. Is that the uh, the the long haired guy? Eric Cowie. So. What okay. was the name? Eric Cowie. Is it the methed up guy? Oh, that's right. That's all of them. Oh, anyway, like when I wear this tight shirt, I look a little cowy. <laughs> I suppose that's uh, that's that's not good. That's not your best. You're better than that. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about Karen Bass, who is a big time politician in Cal Unicornia and is on the short list to be uh, Biden's veep and how clever she is and how dangerous. OK, yeah, I you know, as uh, Sung Tzu told us. You got to respect your enemy. Never underestimate him. Or that might have been Patton or Abe Lincoln. I don't remember. Somebody. Casey Stengel. Mike Ditka. <laughs> anyway, uh, do not underestimate this woman. She's coming for you. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. All right, Positive Sean, what, what sound should we have played by now? We got a lot of good sound, and, and we only got to some of it. Do you want the, uh, the a brief moment of the hearing descending into over-talking and chaos? Oh, yes, yes, yes. The chair now recognizes a gentlelady from Pennsylvania, Miss Scanlon. Thank you, gentlemen. I'd like to uh, redirect your attention to antitrust law rather than fringe conspiracy theories. Uh, Mr. Bezos, our investigation... Mr. Chairman, uh, we have the email. There is no fringe... Excuse me. It's not your time. Jordan, you do not have the time. Be, please but, be respectful but, but of your colleague. Directly, she controls directly, the time. Directly, put your mask on. Put your mask on. Mr. Jordan. Mr. Raskin. Mr. Jordan. You, you want to talk do, about masks. Mr. Jordan. Ms. Why Scanlon. The, why would the Deputy Secretary the of Treasury unmask Mr. Michael Flynn's Mr. name, Mr. Mr. Raskin? And what I want to know Mr. is Scanlon, when someone comes after my motives for asking questions, I get a chance to respond. The gentlelady is recognized. Wow. Oh, we should have played that every hour. <laughs> Gold darn it. What's it? Who's responsible for this? Who'd you, Sean? I'm looking, I'm pointing at you. I know. Everybody can see I'm pointing at you. It's the Sean and Michael show. When You're you, to blame. When you point at someone else, you got four fingers pointing back no, at you. No, you don't. It's like two and a half, you maybe, depending thir- on what you count. Three, maybe your three. thumb generally is in the air. It's a, 
<laughs> and when you, Mr. Chairman, the gentle lady's not recognized. I get to put on a mask. mask. You want to talk about masking? How about the she unmasking of Michael Flynn? I did. Okay, Mr. Chairman. <laughs> and you want these people to bring you a utopia, do you, huh? I suppose. I, I, I love the antiquated, I have a gavel, so I'm in charge thing. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Listen to me. Bang, bang. <laughs> but it adds it. Just play it again. Just play it. It's so good. Just play it again. The chair now recognizes a gentlelady from Pennsylvania, Miss Scanlon. Thank you, gentlemen. I'd like to uh, redirect your attention to antitrust law rather than fringe conspiracy theories. Uh, Mr. Bezos. Our investigation... Mr. Chairman, uh, we have the email. There is no... Excuse me. It's not your time. Jordan, you do not have the time. Be, please but, be respectful but, but of your colleague. Directly, she controls directly, the time. Directly. Put your mask on. Mr. Put your mask on. Mr. Jordan. Mr. Raskin. Mr. Jordan. I want to talk about masks. Mr. Jordan. Ms. Scanlon. Why would the Deputy Secretary the of Treasury unmask Mr. Michael Flynn's Mr. name, Mr. Raskin? And what I want to know Mr. is, Scanlon, when someone comes after my motives for asking questions, I get a chance to respond. The gentlelady is recognized. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I, I'm not a guy who never forgets a face. I do. I'm bad at that. But I never forget a voice. And I believe, put your mask on, put your mask on, was, please stop using <laughs> gendered language, guy. <laughs> I'm sorry, guy is gendered language. Please do not use gendered language to to address everyone. Put your mask on. Put your mask on. Same guy. You got to stop in the middle of your sentence. You got put your put your mask on. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Throw a couple extra put H's your, in there. M- mask on. <laughs> Please do not use gendered language to to address everyone. Well, I'm a glutton for punishment, so there I was, subjecting myself to NPR this morning as I was getting ready to do this here little radio show. They're just mind-boggling, shameless dishonesty on display as it usually is. But they did a an interview with Karen Bass, who was a California politician for a long time, still is, she's a congressperson. Uh, she was the Speaker of the Assembly for a while. She's utterly owned by the union. She is a far lefty, but she is very, very smart. And she put on a clinic in trying to sound mainstream and reasonable. And oddly enough, the host asked one somewhat critical question of her about her past praise for Fidel Castro a dictator who imprisoned his own people and would punish anybody who dared try to escape. An unspeakable communist monster. Well, they asked her uh, about uh, her, her past praise for him, and she first talked about something else for about a minute and a half, answering the question she wanted as opposed to the one she was asked, which is, you know, time-honored politician thing. But then, to my surprise and delight, she circled back and said, hey, listen, uh, I learned my lesson in that. I haven't repeated that. Hmm. But then the host, of course, because he's a, a wildly partisan liar, didn't say, well, but do you believe it? I mean, you said he was a great man and El Jefe and the rest of it. Uh, I know you're not going to repeat it. <laughs> There's things I've said that I meant that I didn't repeat. But uh, did you mean it? But, of course, he didn't ask that. But she covered it quite skillfully. Then he asked, and then um, asked about the uh, the violence, the riots in Seattle and Portland. And she said quite uh, skillfully, "Listen, the rioters are not the protesters. Those are not the 
people who are concerned about racial justice and George Floyd and the rest of it. Um, those are dangerous people who are going to distract from the message of, of the good people. And I thought, wow, here I am, a conservative libertarian, whatever I am, thinking, finally, a politician is saying that out loud. Not only that, but a Democrat. Because you you don't hear anybody admit to that. Gerald Nadler denied that Antifa exists the other day, which is, well, he has no shame. He has no capacity for shame. But Karen Bass was doing a little Clinton uh, triangulating. She's coming over to the moderate side and, and saying to conservatives, yeah, you have a point with that. And I know her history. She has backed legislation that is that would make, well, Castro himself blush through his beard. I mean, she is a way lefty, but she's skillful. I wonder whether she's the gal for Biden. I don't know. Kamala Harris is, uh, nobody likes her. I mean, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I have come across nobody since the the big I was that little girl grandstand move. I have come across nobody who has personally expressed affection for or respect for Kamala Harris. I've run into a bunch of high-ranking people in the state of Calgunicornia who worked with her who have told me there's nothing there. Well, there was no indication when she was running that she had black support because she, she got beat by everybody, black or white. Uh, in all the states by by black voters. so Well, and of um, course, Indian Americans stepped forward by the hundreds of thousands to say, she's one of ours and we support her. No, they didn't. Not, I'm not sure anybody did. Uh, so, and the reason you put someone black on the ticket well, it's because the, it's the best person you could come across. <laughs> um, uh, I assume the reason that you're going to choose someone black is that you're hoping to you know, solidify that whole thing. Yeah, the, um, both the black vote and the woke yeah. college deluded uh, suburban white women. And just will that work? I guess we'll find out. We have plenty of time it, it to talk about it. will with the deluded suburban white women because they don't care about anything but how they feel about themselves. Yeah, and skin color. Um, uh, well, well, yeah, they're obsessed with skin color. We have plenty of time to talk about it next week when he makes his announcement. You know you want a happy ending. I'm Jack Armstrong and to get deep. I know. <laughs> Here's your host, Joe Getty. The echo at the end is so cheesy. <laughs> hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap up the show. There he is, pressing the buttons in the control room. Michael, what's your final thought? Yeah, you know, Chinese checkers. Let's start making them here in the USA. They'll be more expensive, well-made, and they'll be fun for sheltered kids without internet. Exactly. We'll call them freedom checkers. <laughs> Positive Sean, our producer, has a final thought for us. Yeah, there was a pictures of a, a recipe going around on, on my Twitter feed. It, it's a, a, a sandwich, but instead of bread, they have a green bell pepper as the, the quote-unquote the bread for the sandwich. And if you invite me over for a sandwich and you give me a bell pepper sandwich, congratulations, you're now in a fight to the death in a seven-sided <laughs> ring of fire. Get ready, buddy. Wow, the seven-sided ring of fire. Jack, a final thought for us. Speaking of food, one day into the whole family being gluten-free to see it helps with my uh, helps my son with his health situations. And uh, stopped at a gluten-free bakery. There was some stuff. We had a, a blueberry coffee cake that was as good as any I've ever had in my life. 
there was one thing that tasted exactly like a mouthful of sand. Oh, boy. But that was vegan. I think the vegan part of it is what puts it over the edge. So gluten-free, I can handle. Vegan is still a little iffy for me. I am going to cede my time, Mr. Chairman, to the great H.L. Mencken for my final thought. The most costly of all follies is to believe passionately in the palpably not true. It is the chief occupation of mankind. Hmm. A cynical man. Hmm. So everybody should wonder how many things that are completely not true am I believing right now? Just because it's more convenient. Like seven writers. or eight, I think. <laughs> you can name them. Not a single man. I am the rational man. <laughs> we should have talked about that NBA story that ESPN released yesterday. The ESPN's China problem with their league in China. Do you know about this? Have you been reading this? I have indeed. Yeah, let's let's kick China again tomorrow. I'm up. I'm ready for that every day. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Bunch of China kickers around here. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. All the podcasts are there to download. Great fun, Armstrong and Getty swag. Uh, you'll uh, give each other presents. You can't. Man, go you, ahead. You can't serve a cup of sand and call it a chocolate chip cookie. It's just. Ugh. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just. Change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. And we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Strike three call. Perhaps guessing something else. Two up. Guessing's harder than knowing. Armstrong and Getty.